The Barrage Sports Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. The Barrage Sports Show. I'm one of your hosts, Mike B, and I'm here with my son, Mike Burr. Mike Burr, and I'm here with the super producer, my daughter, April T, is in the building. We have a great show for you, so we're not going to even procrastinate. today. We're going to just start right away. want to say what's up to all of our winners. If you listen to the podcast, you are a winner. If you subscribe to the podcast, you are a winner. If you share it, you are a winner. Hit us up with your comments. Here's the question, Mike B. Who's the MVP right now in the NFL? We're nine games in. Teams are balling out. Right now, if you were picking an MVP, who's the top dog in the NFL? That's that's a tough pick. I mean, you got so many quarterbacks balling out this season. When you go look at Rodgers, you look at Mahomes, Breeze, uh, you got Wilson, and you got some surprise guys like Josh Allen. Uh, you got Kyler Murray. You know, it's a lot of guys you could look at, even even a guy like Ryan Tannehill. But if I'm picking MVP, the way I like to look at it is if you took that player off of the team, who would have the biggest difference in the gameplay? And to me, that is unquestionably still Russell Wilson. I mean, it's, it's don't overthink it. When you look at it, 28 touchdowns, completing 71% of his passes, over 2,500 yards already in this season. And this is the worst Seahawks defense we've seen in, in a long time. In the Pete Carroll era, era, this is the worst defense they've had. Without Russell Wilson on this team, you're not going to get the big plays. It's very few quarterbacks that can make the throws he can make. Very few quarterbacks that can run like him and as are, and are smart as not taking punishment as, as he can. And he makes his team better, one of the best leaders, if not the best leader in the NFL. And let's face it, this defense is not good. They're he, not. They, they, you know what? The defense is okay against the run. They are awful against the pass. And people are finding out. Just shredded. throw the ball against them. Yeah, every week they get shredded, and he has to have these great performances week in and week out. If he plays above average or just good, they're going to lose. So to me, it's, it's Russell Wilson. He has to play spectacular to win. What about you? I like that. You know, you can't deny what Russell Wilson is doing. He's like on the record-setting pace with his touchdowns, so on and so forth. And he's when you watch him, man, he's magical to watch. Yeah. Because he, he keeps a calm and cool demeanor. He never seems to get rattled. And they ask him to do a lot. He, you know, can run the football, run the offense, make all the tough passes, you know, get out of trouble. He's real mm-hmm. elusive, very smart runner. When he runs, he runs very smart. He doesn't take hits, but he always seems to have a time to run. But with that being said, I got to go with Patty Mahomes, man. Mm. I got to go with Patty Mahomes. They're a great team. We know that. We know what the Kansas City Chiefs have done. They're the Super Bowl champs. They lost one game. They lost to the Raiders. But I think they lost that game because they were kind of due for a loss. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't win all the time. Um, And the way they've beat everybody, you know, they get everybody's best. And week in and week out, all they do is win. And what I like about Patrick Mahomes, even with all the success he's had, he still has the number two QBR in the NFL right now. Mm. So he's still playing at a high level, 
and he's a you know he's a marked man. He's got the he's the guy with the big contract. You know he's the guy that has all of the you know the attention put on him, and all he's doing is just playing well. So I got to go with Patty Mahomes just because he's leading the best team from last year, the best team from this year. They're the Super Bowl champs, so they get everybody at best, and all they do is just continue to win, win, win. So until he's knocked off that throne, I'm going with, oh, man, it rhymes too, Patty Mahomes. (laughs) That's a good pick. Can't argue with that one. Uh, Something for Patrick Mahomes. He has 25 touchdowns and only one interception all year. So that's crazy. Playing really efficient, really good football. But the reason something against Patrick Mahomes is this Chiefs team and their coach, their all-star receiving core, and and a solid defense, very underrated defense, I think just like we saw when they had Alex Smith, very similar team, you could still make the playoffs if you take Patrick Mahomes off this team. If you have an average or above average or even a good quarterback, obviously Mahomes is a next-level great quarterback. But if you have an above-average or good quarterback, I think this Chiefs team around him is so good. Not take anything away from him, but I think you still have a playoff team uh, to battle in that conference. So that was the reason I went with Russell Wilson because in that conference – you need to play like Russell Wilson's playing to have a chance. And you know what? I can't disagree with that. But I'm not going to penalize Patrick Mahomes either. Yeah. He's the best player, in my opinion, in the NFL, talent-wise, on the best team. They're still, in my opinion, favorite to win the Super Bowl, maybe. We're going <laughs> to talk about that because there's an undefeated team right now that mm. doesn't have a loss. But, you know, until, again, until somebody knocks him off that throne, I'm going to ride with that. Yeah, and, and, and like I said, we're about halfway through the season, and it's really no bad argument for either one of these guys. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out. And there's some other guys, too, that we didn't mention. We only said our favorites. They got a good chance, too. Yeah, I, I think uh, I like uh, – Josh Allen. Mm, yeah. I like what he's doing with the Buffalo Bills. In fact, they just beat Seattle because Buffalo figured it out. They said, well, we're playing against Seattle. We know they have some firepower. They're going to put up some points. Mm-hmm. All Buffalo did was pass the football. Josh Allen came through. They won that game. Buffalo's having a great season right now. So I think you can talk about him. Aaron Rodgers is always in the hunt. Yep. Well, you got Drew Brees, you got Big Ben with an undefeated team. That's that's a strong case for him. And then you got guys, you could look at uh, Kyler Murray. You know, I think he's kind of similar to uh, Russell Wilson. He has to play phenomenal. Obviously, they have a strong defense. You got DeAndre Hopkins with the <laughs> the most lopsided trade in history. They got him this year. And uh, he's, you know, leading the league in, in receiving. So, it's, it's a lot of guys on this list, even Ryan Tannehill with the Titans. So it's a lot of guys that are going to be battling in, in this conversation. Well, if you talk Titans, then you got to talk about Derrick Henry. Mm. He's leading the NFL in rushing. He's a monster. Yeah. So, you know, he can be in the conversation maybe by the end of the year. Yeah, I, I agree. I wish it, the MVP was more balanced, but we know quarterbacks are extremely favored. He would have to, like, 
rush for 3,000 yards to even have a chance, <laughs> which he might. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a monster. Yeah. But, yeah, quarterbacks usually have the upper hand. They got the football most in their hands. Yeah. It's the one of the toughest positions in sports. Many people think it's the toughest position in sports. But, you know, I got to give my running back, Derrick Henry, some love, you know. Mm-hmm. He puts in that work. Yeah. 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 I think he'll he'll probably – between him and uh, Alvin Kamara, I think they'll come away with an offensive player of the year. And I think that's why they had that award for basically saying anybody but the quarterback can win this award. So, Yeah, that is a little political. But, hey, quarterbacks make the big money. Yep. Quarterbacks, you know, can be your star player for 15 to 20 years. So the NFL, the media, they're always going to kind of glamorize that position a little bit more. And let's be honest, your team is a, a lot more exciting and it's a lot more interesting to watch when you have a good quarterback. Mm. Nothing is worse than watching NFL football when your quarterback play is terrible. It is so bad to watch. Yeah, we, we know we know a little bit about that in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, speaking about the Kansas City Chiefs, I kind of made a reference that they're the favorites to win the Super Bowl. But maybe there's an exception. Mm. The Pittsburgh Steelers, mm. they won again, undefeated, haven't lost a game. Uh, what are they now, 9-0? 8-0. They're 8-0, eight eight I'm sorry. I'm sorry, 8-0. Can the Pittsburgh Steelers go undefeated for the rest of the season? Well, before we get into that, um, just wanted to announce that Big Ben, along with three other players – have been placed on the team's reserve list as a precautionary measure because they are they came in close contact with tight end Vance McDonald, who tested positive for COVID. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I know based on the COVID protocol, they won't be able to practice for or be in the building for five days. Mm. And if they're clear, they might be able to play on Sunday against the Bengals, but if they're not, they won't be there. So, yeah, that might jeopardize what we're talking about now. Can the Steelers have an undefeated season? Wow. 8-0 right now, and let me kind of give you this schedule. This Sunday, as of this podcast, they play the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm. After that, they have the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm. I think those should be two wins. Home and road doesn't matter anymore because there's no fans. (laughs) So that advantage is gone unless you just don't like traveling or, you know, being in the hotel. But the week after that, the week of Thanksgiving, November 26th, they play the Ravens again. Mm. Now, that might be tough. But after the Ravens, they have Washington football team. But then they have another tough team, the Bills. Yeah. Then back to the Bengals, another tough team, the Colts. Mm. Then they ended with the Browns. Mm. So it's a relatively decent schedule when you talk about the Ravens, the Bills, the Colts, and the Browns. They should beat the Bengals twice. They should beat Washington. So do you think they could have an undefeated season? Or even, I won't even say undefeated. Could they go maybe 15-1? and one? Mm. I, I think they got a, a good chance. Uh Obviously, we got to see how this COVID situation plays out because if, if Big Ben has to sit out for a week or two, 
Uh, we saw what happened with, with the Patriots when uh, Cam had to sit out, and then it kind of threw the whole chemistry off. And they had probably their longest losing streak in 20 years. Uh, but I think they, they got a good chance. Assuming Big Ben could play this week, even though they might not need him to beat the Bengals uh, with that with the defense they have, uh, I think I think it's a strong probability. You still got to play the Ravens again. It's going to be hard to go 2-0 against them. Uh, the Bills are looking good. And then it's the question of which which the Browns, which Browns team is going to show up? We've seen the Browns look unstoppable some games, and we've seen them kind of look, look like, like the Browns. Browns yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> true. I, I don't. I, I, I don't, think the Colts could be a trap game too. Colts yeah, the Colts. Are, Colts are not going to lay down for anybody. Yeah, the Colts are are a sneaky team too. They have a great defense and their offense is solid. So I I would say they could go undefeated, but I would say it's actually better if they don't. I think it's a reason why Super Bowl winning teams typically aren't fifteen and one. They typically have about three or four losses, and I think. It's because you learn more from your losses than you do from your wins. Okay. So I think it's better if they actually have a couple tough losses during the season because that's when you look at the tape harder. That's when you fix the flaws, fix your fix the holes in your team. Because if they go 15 and 1, 16 and 0, their confidence is gonna be real high, but then they might get exposed in the playoffs. I'd rather get exposed in the regular season and be able to recover than try to uh Ride high in the regular season, then go home. Yeah, to that point, um, I saw that with my own two eyes. I'm a little older than you, Mike. Uh, my '85 Bears, mm. 15 and one, um, played the Miami Dolphins with this young stud of a quarterback by the name of Dan Marino. Mm. And in that game, what could go wrong did go wrong, and the Bears that was their only loss during the regular season. And I'll never forget in Chicago, man, it was like, it felt like they lost in the playoffs, even though it was a regular season loss because that 85 Bear team, we just knew they were the best team in football. In fact, one of the great teams of all time. And I remember um, as a Bear fan, young kid watching us lose that game, we were like shattered. Mm -hmm. But it turned out to be the best thing because after that loss, um, the Bears vowed we knew they were going to win the Super Bowl now mm -hmm. because the way we felt, how angry everybody was, um, and the Bears, they just they just destroyed everybody in the playoffs that year. It wasn't even close. So I know exactly what you're saying. Getting a loss in the regular season for a dominant team can light a fire on them and kind of wake them up to be like, oh, that'll never happen again. Yeah, so if – if I'm a Baltimore fan, if I'm a Browns fan, who both have a big chance in this division, it sounds counterintuitive, but I would actually hope they go 15 to 1 or they go undefeated cuz I think their confidence would be a little high and then you can get them in the playoffs. Um but with this COVID situation, we'll see what happens cuz teams that have dealt with you know key players getting under the COVID protocol, being quarantined, you can't practice, can't come to the facilities. We've seen it throw a lot of teams completely out of the loop because football is such a game of chemistry. It's such a game of momentum. So hopefully, uh, you know, nothing is too serious and they can move forward. Yeah, because that 85 Bear team, just to kind of go back to that point, 
we were um, 12 and 0 at that time. It was the first game in December. And, you know, Dan Marino and those guys beat the Bears 38-24. Um, and it just, what it could go wrong did go wrong in that game. And Marino was just, you know, come to find out he ended up being one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Mm. But that lit a fire under the Bears to get a, a December loss, rest of December, kick butt, coming into the playoff Super Bowl. We all know the rest is history. We Super Bowl shuffling. We having a great time. So, yeah, I'm going to vote. I think the Steelers might drop too, especially with this COVID threat. But let's just take COVID, COVID out of the equation because if COVID happens, then it's just not fair. There's nothing anyone could do about that. But maybe they'll drop too. Um, I don't think they'll get the Ravens the second time. And yeah. I think one of the teams, the Bills, the Colts, or the Browns, I think one of them will come out with a victory. And then you got to get to the playoffs. And we know the road to the Super Bowl in the AFC, period, point blank, end of story. You have to come through the Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, would, I would say I would give them three losses. Uh, I think the Ravens will get them that second time. They almost, they barely came out of, of it the first time. Um, I think the Bills will probably give them an L. And then I think one of these teams will surprise them. You know, either the Browns, the Bengals, the, or the Jaguars, or maybe even Washington. I think we saw them go down to the wire with the Cowboys this week. I think sometimes True. when you are a good team, you know, you can get caught off guard by one of these bad teams. And like we were saying, that may be the best thing for them if they do. Um, it can kind of be a wake-up call. Okay. Well, and shout-out to Mike Tomlin, man, coach of the Steelers. Yep. Um, I'm a Bear fan. We all know that. Everybody on this podcast is a Bear fan. We from the shy. We rep the shy always, forever. Um, but I've always loved the Steelers because mm. I respect that organization. Three coaches in the history of that franchise. They don't rotate coaches. Every coach they've ever had, it started with Chuck Noll back in the day, have always have won Super Bowls, and they're very loyal to their coaches. Even when their coaches go through a little bit of a lull, they stay loyal to Mike Tomlin. He's gotten them to a couple of Super Bowls. He's won a ring. Yep. And so I just respect the Pittsburgh Steelers, the way they run that organization. They're kind of like, in my opinion, the Los Angeles Lakers of football. They always are at the top. They're always contending for a title. They have, what, six Super Bowl titles. Only three coaches in the history of their franchise. They have a fantastic fan base. You have to love their fan base. And they're exciting. And I want to give Mike Tomlin a lot of credit. Yep. Because at one point they had Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Le'Veon Bell, the Killer Bees. Mm. Antonio Brown is gone. He was the top receiver in the NFL at that time. Le'Veon Bell was playing the best, most versatile running back, you know, type of football at that time. Yep. Both of them are gone. They're still playing well. They're still thriving. Yeah, that's that's a great point, actually. When you look at most teams, like, you can look at the Texans. Texans are a perfect example. They trade their best player for no reason. But now they're, they're struggling to win one one or two games. You know, they look awful. True. Right? But the Steelers, they lose literally. At that at one point, Le'Veon Bell is the best running back in the league by far. And, and Antonio Brown was the best receiver in the league. So, 
to lose two of the best players in the league and to still be going. They got it seems like they just found guys in the draft. Great they've always been great drafting. James Conner and just feels right in, you know. And they always seem to find these guys third, fourth round that just come in right away and produce. Juju Smith Schuster is awesome right now. Yep. He's killing. Feel right in for Antonio Brown. So that shows you how good the Steelers organization, how good their coach Mike Tomlin is. Yeah, and the thing is, when those guys left, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, they left kind of ugly. They kind of threw them under the bus. You know, they weren't good in the locker room. Um, They didn't leave, you know, on good terms, whereas, you know, the organization was ready and they were able to make preparations and it just kind of happened organically. Both of those were kind of ugly divorces Mm. and things like that could really set a franchise way back. Things like that can really hurt a coach where the coach somehow end up getting fired. Not their fault. Just ask Doc Rivers of the Clippers, Mm. you know, choking against the, you know, the Denver Nuggets now. You know, he's he's got a new job in Philly. So with all that happening, Mike Tomlin still survived, still reinvented that team. Now they ain't no in the top team in football, maybe behind or with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And and I you know, on on this subject, so we've had three kind of blasts from the past signings or trades this week. So Antonio Brown. On the Bucks now, Super Bowl contending team. Uh, you got Le'Veon Bell on the Chiefs now, Super Bowl contender, and you got Dez Bryant is now on the Ravens, another Super Bowl contender. Dez from the the old Dallas Cowboys back in the day, Tony Romo's favorite target back in the day, wide receiver. Yep. So this is my question to you: Of these three guys, they've all been pro bowlers they've all had super success it was a time where each one of these guys were the best at their position yep Dez was the best wide receiver at one point bell the best running back and brown the best receiver true so which one of these players do you think will have the biggest impact and could be that x factor to get their team from super bowl contender to super bowl champion Mm. that's a real good question if I had to pick, wow. Mm. To be honest, I would have to say Antonio Brown. Mm. I think if he can get his motor running with Tom Brady, because they've played together for a smidget before, yep. that somehow he can end up making some big plays at a big time. Uh, because he's not their number one receiver. He's really not their two receiver. And yeah. when you have a guy that talented that can be your, you know, your safe safety gap or your other receiver, your third or fourth receiver, it could turn into barbecue chicken. Yeah. So if I had to pick of those three, just based on his talent, Who's the thrower of the football, but how he could end up impacting the game because you can't put your best defensive back or your best safety on him. I got to go with Antonio Brown. Mm. Yeah, that that's a good a good point and a, a good pick for this question because 
Obviously, you got Mike Evans. Mm-hmm. You got Godwin. You got Gronk. So you could you could make an argument. He's a fourth option right now. Right. Still learning the offense. So by the end of the season, you how how is it as a defensive coordinator? You look at your third string corner. Maybe even a, sometimes they put a linebacker on the on the third receiver. And you say, hey, you got to guard Antonio Brown. It's barbecue chicken. Especially yeah. once he gets his legs under him, he gets used to the system. That could be trouble. Yeah, because most teams don't have one good corner. Most teams, a great team might have two, but three, almost impossible. No team really has three lockdown corners. And they they create so many matchup problems already with, with Mike Evans. He's 6'5". Gronk is huge. Uh, Godwin is a dog. And Antonio Brown with his quickness and route running and hands, and you putting your third or fourth best cover man on him, yeah, that, that could be toast for a lot of teams. And see, and to me, all four of those guys, Evans, Godwin, Gronk, and Brown, when they're healthy and playing well, they're all number ones. Yeah. Most teams are lucky to have one number one receiver and a solid two. Yeah. All four of those guys can be ones on every single team. So they kind of remind me of, and I love using analogies, when the Golden State Warriors got Kevin Durant. Ooh. But even a little bit even more so than that because Klay Thompson could be on a team as a franchise player. Mm -hmm. We know Steph Curry is a franchise player. We know Durant is a franchise player. Right. So that was like three franchise players on one team. And Draymond Green is not like a franchise player. He couldn't be a one, but he's a bona fide two. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was nothing you could do with them. The only thing that stopped them against Toronto and anybody else was just injuries. And that was the only thing that could stop them. And I think that can happen on offense with Tampa Bay in terms of passing that football. If the offensive line holds up, that's the only thing that will stop them if the offensive line doesn't do their job. But if that line holds up, you have four ones out there in the football field, that's going to be problems for people. Yeah, for sure. Potentially. And then then you still got uh, Leonard Fortunate and Ronald Jones out the backfield. Right, and they're not scrubs. Yeah, both both really good running backs. To counter that, if I'm picking, I'm looking at Le'Veon Bell on the Chiefs. Okay. I think it's a similar effect that you just mentioned with the Bucs. Kelsey's still there. Tyreek Hill's still there. Hardman, Robinson, uh, Edwards Alaire, the rookie, still playing good ball. He's really good. So you got a lot of dogs on the Chiefs. We all know what they could do. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. And now you add Le'Veon Bell, who at one point, he was leading the league in all-purpose yards. True. That's running and catching the football. The most yards from scrimmage was Le'Veon Bell for, for multiple years. So now you give Patrick Mahomes a weapon that they can line up in the backfield, hand the ball to him. They can use him on the goal line, short yardage situations. And he can he can line up as a receiver or he can be an extra catcher out the backfield. You know Andy Reid loves trick plays. So it gives them so many options. And because you got Tyreek Hill, because you got Kelsey, because you got Hardman, He's going to be getting guarded by the other linebacker or the other corner. So Same thing, barbecue chicken. So I think both of those guys, when they learn the playbook, when they get more involved in the offense, 
they're going to be tough for defenses to game plan for. Yeah. Now, Dez, I think it's more of a long shot because he was out of football for a while. Yeah. Which I did understand that. Um, I don't know what he did, whereas he couldn't find a job. To me, it was kind of the Carmelo effect. All of yeah, a sudden, they, they just said, they remember yeah. when they just said, for some reason, Carmelo couldn't play in the NBA and he just couldn't find a job and he was sitting out. But we know it was guys on the bench and guys on other teams like my beloved Bulls where Carmelo was still better than some of those guys. Mm-hmm. It was the same with Dez Bryant. He's with Dallas and, you know, he's playing really well, kind of found himself out of a job and... Then the rumor mill got going. Next thing you know, he couldn't find a job, and mm. he wasn't in the NFL. We saw some receivers that Des Bryant was still better than and still more physically in shape, you know, than many players and, and ready to play. So I never understood why he was out of football that long anyway. Right. So it's a little bit of a long shot, but it's good to see him back because I don't think he should have ever totally been out because – he was still better than a lot of other receivers, even if he wasn't the top dog anymore. Yeah, and and yeah, they they Carmeloed him, and his situation is a little different because the Ravens they need a little bit of help in the passing game. That's their it's a great team, obviously, but that's their big weakness. When they get down or when they need to throw the ball, we've seen them struggle. Lamar Jackson, that's obviously. His second best attribute, even though he's a quarterback, you're more worried about him running the ball than you are throwing it. And, you know, they got they got Hollywood Brown. You got Boyle. You got Snead. You got Mark Andrews. They got some dogs. But Dez is a he's, – he's used to being the first option. He's known to make big plays. He's known to be a big physical receiver. And he could block in the, in the running game. So Yeah, very unselfish. If he – can have a resurgence he looks like he's in great shape he would have to play a bigger role to really have an impact on this team I agree with that and I don't think that's what they want him to do mm-hmm. I think that it, it kind of right and I'm going to use another analogy how about like when the Lakers picked up Dwight Howard mm. they weren't expecting Dwight Howard to be Dwight Howard, who was the defensive player of the year, who led the Orlando Magic to the finals. They just needed Dwight Howard to be solid, to be a stand-up guy, to be a vet. He gave you flashes at times. And I think that's what they want out of Dez Bryant. Yeah. I think they're going to expect a little more later on out of Antonio Brown, out of Le'Veon Bell, when we talk about the other two teams. But with Dez, if he's just a solid locker room guy, he's a big guy, he can block. Some games he's probably going to play a little more. Some games he might not play at all. But if he just is a consummate professional, if he just does his job, because the Ravens are favored to get to the Super Bowl as well, they're one of those top teams. And if Dez Bryant is just a solid stand-up guy, and he's Dez Bryant, and he's ready when they need him, I think that's all they're expecting from him. Yeah, I I think that's the perfect analogy, the the Dwight Howard comparison, because it's like – He's not going to be, you know, they're not going to expect 50 snaps from him. They're not going to expect 1,000 yards, you know, 100 yards a game from him. But it's going to be times if they want to go to the Super Bowl and win one, it's going to be times where they call on his number and he has to make a big catch. He has to make a big block. He has to even just be a distraction and pull the defense his way. It's going to be moments if they want to win a Super Bowl, having a guy like Dez Bryant 
whose name still gets respect in the league, he's going to have to come through for him a couple times like Dwight Howard did for the Lakers. True that. True that. Put some respect on his name. Yeah, man, this is a great conversation. We got it flowing right now. I want to throw to super producer April Mm. for some hot takes. April T, how you doing over there? So we have the NBA draft is next week. Oh, November 18th. And we... And we're going to do a whole show on that. So look forward to that podcast. We're going to have a draft show. And the NBA has officially announced their start date um, for this upcoming season. They're going to start playing on December 22nd. And they're going to have 72 regular season games on the schedule. Yeah, you know, they, they didn't want to miss out on all that Christmas money. Um, and 72 games when you're when you're losing a couple months on the season. So it's going to be a lot of back-to-backs, a lot of, uh, you know, maybe even three-game stretches. I expect the vets to sit out a lot early in the season, um, especially, you know, teams that went deep in the playoffs like the Heat and the Lakers. You know, that's, that's kind of tough on them, you know, having such a short break. Yeah. And uh, that's 10 less games than normal. Usually they play 82. So you're starting a, a little bit later. They usually um, start the season around uh, around after Halloween. Yeah. And now it's being pushed back to Christmas. But like you say, cash rules. They got to get that bread. And uh, that's I'm glad. But I'm glad they are coming back. I thought they were going to come back um, after around the King holiday. Yeah, that was that was in the conversation for a while. I know a lot of the players, especially the, the teams that were in the playoffs, were saying that. Uh, but it looks like they're just going to come back early. I expect, you know, everybody to play for the Christmas games. But then probably around January, you'll see some of the vets sit out for a little bit, take back-to-backs off and stuff like that. But, you know, cash rules. They said if they started at the King Holiday, they would be losing around a billion or something dollars uh, in revenue, you know, TV deals and all all that stuff. So, you know, I think they made a good financial decision. Yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, we don't have to feel sorry for the players. I mean, they play basketball for a living. <laughs> I mean, so they'll be okay. They're not working in the mine, the coal mines. You know, they're not at the factory. <laughs> and they're hooping. So, you know, this is what they do. And as a player, you just have to mentally prepare, physically prepare. Yep. Just take it easy the month of November. They're probably going to have maybe a preseason, uh, yeah. maybe some light practices. Yeah. You know, they're probably not going to push too hard in that. But... You know, you just got to come out there ready to play. Yep. Anything else, April? Hot takes? Yeah, so it's in anticipation of the new season and free agency open up November 20th. There's some rumors circling. So it looks like the Los Angeles Clippers and the New York Knicks are willing to trade to get Russell Westbrook. Mm. Both teams are gunning for him. Mm. That that's interesting. I mean, if you go to the Knicks, I don't see it being too big of a boost. Um, it is definitely sell jerseys, definitely bring some excitement to the team. But in terms of wins, the East is a tough conference now, so I don't see it amounting nothing. But if you go to the Clippers, it depends on who they would have to give up for them, because you know they're gonna want something in return. They they just spend a lot for them to get them. Would you have to give up Paul George? Would you have to give up? you know Lou like who who would be in that trade package and does that put them over the edge because I think Kawhi is the only untouchable there I think so too I think Paul George based on the way you know playoff 
PG-13 didn't show up. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of, I don't think the fans would be too disappointed if he leaves. Will the Rockets give him up? Would they want Paul George? <sighs> so, so, okay, so this is the question. If Paul George for Russell straight up, would you take that? Um, if I'm the Clippers? Yeah. No. Mm, why not? Um, I like Paul George with Kawhi. He just has to wake up during the playoffs. Mm. I liked him during the regular season. Um, they were great together defensively. They got great chemistry. They're good friends. Both California guys, even though Russell Westbrook is a California guy too. Mm-hmm. But it was just in the playoffs. Regular season, they didn't have a problem. First, early in the playoffs, they well, Paul George did have a problem early in the playoffs, but they were winning. Mm-hmm. It's just when they needed him most against the Denver Nuggets, which they were up 3-1. Yeah. He didn't come through. So I think that could be redeemed, but some things will have to be adjusted. You know, he'll to me, he'll have to have a little more of a dog in, in him. And I would tell PG-13, look, we have to make a decision. If I'm Kawhi, I kind of like the way that um, Dwayne Wade did it with LeBron James mm-hmm. and Chris Bosh. Bosh knew right away it wasn't his team. And Bosh is going to go to the Hall of Fame. But Dwayne Wade went on vacation with LeBron James after they lost to the Dallas Mavericks the first year when they were together with the Heat. And Dwayne Wade, D-Wade, first ballot Hall of Famer, Wade County, the Heat was his team, and he said, this is not going to work unless you take over, Bron. This is your team, not mine, not ours. It's yours. And when they came up with that identity, they went to three more finals, winning two. In my opinion, the problem with the Clippers is PG-13 thinks he's equal to Kawhi Leonard. Mm. You know, he thinks it's their team. I think they would be much better off if it was kind of similar to what they did in Toronto. As soon as Kawhi came, they said, it's your team. Mm -hmm. So I think they need to do that. PG-13 will be okay if he says, hey, Kawhi, this is your team. Let's do this. Yeah. What what else you got, April? And uh, lastly, the Philadelphia 76ers, they're looking to get James Harden. Mm. That that would be interesting. Uh obviously you probably have to trade Ben Simmons, but I I, I think that's more uh just something they want to do um rather than them get it done. We know the former GM of the Rockets went to the Sixers, so obviously he likes James Harden, big analytics guy. Putting Harden and Embiid together would be the most likely combination. That would be a deadly combination. Mm-hmm. I think in the East, that, that could really be something special. But realistically, the Rockets trading James Harden just don't see that happening. Uh, you know, they would have to, or if they're willing to bet the, the house, give up Ben Simmons, all their draft picks, maybe. But I, I don't see it happening. But I do think it would be a good combo, him and Embiid. Okay. That's all I have. All right. Well, Mike B, Mike Burr, let's talk about the Bears. We are from Chicago, so it's going to be painful. (laughs) But we got to talk about what a stinker against the Titans. It came back a little bit near the end, but it was was so bad. 
I mean, we saw that coming. Yeah, this is the the garbage the garbage time champions. Uh, they always the offense does nothing. Then the third and fourth quarter, they try to start magically getting yards and getting points. But good teams aren't going to fall for that. Uh, we kind of got exposed these last three weeks. You know, we played three really good teams, three playoff teams: the Rams, the Saints, the Titans, and we got exposed. We took the Saints to overtime. Yeah, we did, but that game was really over a lot earlier. They, they did it again. Garbage time, started scoring. They actually came back and tied it. But then, and then the defense got to stop. You, the defense did their job. True. Offense turns the ball right over, and the Saints win the game. So it, it's it's just a typical story with the Bears. Great defense, terrible offense. I got a couple stats I want to point out okay. to, to show this. So let, let's talk about the good. Our defense, they're number seven in terms of points per game. They're only giving up 21 points a game. They're number one in touchdowns given up per game. They only give up 1.9 touchdowns. That's the best in the league. Okay. Uh, number one in red zone scoring percentage. Only only allowing touchdowns or scoring touchdowns 41% of the time if they get in the red zone. That's the best in the league. Best in third down conversions. Now, when you look at the offense, so the defense is making it easy for them, as easy as they can in a lot of areas. We throw the ball more than any other team in the league. We throw the ball 66% of the time. So you mean, and obviously that's because we're down a lot of the time. But still, you mean the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. You mean the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Uh, the the Saints with, with Drew Brees. We throw the ball more than them with Nick Foles. But we can't run the football at all. <laughs> and that's why we're throwing the ball. We can't, number yeah. one, because we are behind and things like that. But the run game is terrible right now. Yeah. And and to your point, we are the 32nd last place uh, rushing team. We only get 3.7 yards a carry. Uh, we only put up 19 points a game, even though we our defense is one of the best at preventing the other team from scoring. So if we, if, even if they could just be average, we would have a good team. And a big excuse is that the offensive line is hurt. And we have had, you know, players leave due to COVID on the offensive line. We've had a couple injuries. But they weren't playing good before the injuries and the, and the COVID. So is it the coaches? Is it just the what, – what's going on? I have no idea, man. I, I can't figure this team out. But we know the defense is solid. And I love our kicker. We kicking the football. Remember that was yeah, our, our Achilles kicker. Yeah, I like him. He's, he's been good. Um, it's hard to judge the kicker right now because there's no fans. But uh, so far, so good. He's definitely been doing his part. I don't know, man. It was a tough game to watch. That Titan game was just terrible to watch. Like I say, sometimes you can win ugly. Mm. And uh, sometimes you can lose real ugly. And they're losing ugly as well, you know. And we got to do something, man. I want to see the Bears get a jolt of something on offense. And give a shout-out to Robinson, um, the wide receiver. He is making yeah. – he makes two or three spectacular catches a game. Mm. You know, he's playing really good when he gets a chance to play like that. But other than that, they just – they don't look really good right now. Yeah, and they, they need to figure something out because this defense is is excelling – you know, they've done a great job of paying their players. They paid Eddie Jackson. You paid Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. Uh, you got Roquan Smith. You got They paid Trevathan. 
Cal Fuller. You got a bunch of pro bowlers, a bunch of great players doing what they're supposed to do. You don't want to waste another great defense. Like yeah. That's been a story in Chicago. Great defense. Offense turns the ball over. Offense can't score. And you don't want to waste another great Chicago Bears defense with uh, uh, literally one of the worst offenses in the league. But the irony of it is a lot of times when we do have a solid defense, we play pretty good football. We've gotten to the Super Bowl with the Earl Lacker, Lance Brig years. Yep. You know, with Devin Hester on special teams, we could kick the football. And that got us to the Super Bowl. That's a winning formula for the Bears. But this, for this, because usually we have a kind of bend, don't break, we can get you some points type of offense. Mm -hmm. But now the offense can't even get to the mediocre level right now. We started off, we got some wins early, thank God, because we were playing Cupcake City. But now we need to, them to just kind of get to that mediocre level so the defense could bring us through. And that's been a formula that worked for the Bears many times before in the past. And 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 the thing is, we're 5-4. and four. So the season's far from over. It's a True. lot of games left. The Packers are only 6-2. and two. Um, And and we look at the, the playoff picture. We, we can still get the wild card to even win the division. So we're still in it. But obviously, the offense has to play better if we want a chance. And you know what I want to see? What? Might as well. Nothing's working on offense. Matt Nagy is is an offensive genius. He came under Andy Reid. That's what everybody's been saying. Just just play, just call the game crazy. Be unpredictable. Just start <laughs> pull yeah. out all the trick plays, all the the draws, the triple passes, whatever, whatever you got. Just start playing completely unpredictable. Do hurry up. <laughs> you might as well and find out what works. Yeah. Just start calling anything. Be the most unpredictable team in the league. You might catch people off guard and put up some points. Yeah, hey, they got the talent to do it. I mean, they got some <laughs> horses. You know what I mean? It's not like they're so scrubby that even if they did that, they'll be even worse. Right. They have some guys that can play. Nick Foles can get hot. Right. We have a solid defense, so you might be you might be on to something there. Why not? What you got to lose? Might might as well at this point. And I, I we they've seen I've seen it a little bit. Uh, I know they tried it in the Saints game, but bring Trubisky back in. Even if Nick Foles is a starter, use him for a trick play. Use him, just sub him in sometimes. We see Taysom Hill. We see other uh, teams in the NFL have second quarterbacks and get them involved in the offense. He was your starter for a long time. No reason to have him on the bench just watching every week. Throw him in there. Something's got to work eventually. Yeah, and pick up the pace on offense. Come on, guys. Get revved up. If you watch him. Sometimes we're a little too slow, a little too methodical. But then when we start losing, they have to pick up the pace. They right. have to get out of that slowness and methodicalness. And all of a sudden, we start scoring points. Play like that the whole game. Play mm-hmm. like we're losing the whole game. Like you're saying, you're making a good point. What do we have to lose? We're 5-4. and four. If the playoffs started today with this new, maybe they're taking 16 teams, eight from both sides, we'll be number eight. So we're kind of borderline. We're trying to catch the Packers if it's the old format. So, hey, we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, and 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 that's something I noticed too. That's a good point. Is they they play slow. It looks like they're always confused about the play call. <laughs> right. Who should be in the game? Who's getting subbed out? What formation? They're always looking towards the sideline. When you watch and, and when you watch them against the Saints and the Rams, they just get up to the line of scrimmage, call to play. True. Get up to the line of scrimmage, call to play, and it's a complete difference. They play fast. Everybody's confident. They know what they got to do. With the Bears, it just seems discombobulated. So that's a good point too. Just just play faster. You know, get to the line, call a play, 
and and get things done. Yeah. So, hey, all our listeners out there, our subscribers, our winners, as we call you, give us some suggestions. Shoot out something. Give us some comments about the Bears, what you think they could do to to salvage this season. Hit us up about the Steelers. We want to hear what you have to say about um, everything we're talking about, the MVP race, because that's what this podcast is about. We want it to be interactive. We want to hear from you. We'll read your comments on air. We love when we get comments. We love giving shout outs to people. So, uh, yeah, let us hear from you, man. Let us hear from you. It's been a great podcast. Got anything else, Mike Burr? That's it. What about you, April T? Well, it's been a great podcast. So glad you guys tuned in. Check us check us out on all social media platforms. The Barrage Sports Show. Um, hit us up. Like us. Subscribe. Share it with a friend. Because we're going to keep this thing going. We got the NBA draft preview coming up. A lot more NFL coming up. And we got some surprises coming up for our next podcast. So make sure you tune in. And we're so glad to hear from you. All right. That's the show. You know how we do it, guys. Anything else? I ask one more time. Nope. Nope. All right. You know how we do it. Mike Mike Burr, drop the beat.